It's a Thursday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. We got to talk to you about a recent interview from Arizona State Athletic Director Ray Anderson hopping on some local radio to have a conversation about the state of the Arizona State Sun Devils athletics. We got to talk about the upcoming game tonight. ASU basketball tips off against the Colorado Buffaloes. And then we finish up the conversation talking about the Arizona State Sun Devils football program and what the offense might look like without Jaden Dane as a quarterback. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast, your home for the best Arizona State Sun Devils content in the whole wide world. My name is Richie Bradshaw, joined always by my good friend and co-guide, Connor Drios. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter, myself at RichieBrads36 and Connor at CDrios for the funniest and most accurate just tweets in the whole wide world. Funniest and accurate? Like, they don't have to just pick one. They do. They get both? You get both. It's It's just the price of admission, baby. Well, then you have to pay for it, right? Well, no, that's the best part is this podcast is free and available on all platforms. So also make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Sun Devils, but make sure that you follow, subscribe, like, five star, comment, ratio, no ratio, share, everything like that for the podcast, free and available on all platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey app wherever you get your podcasts on an audio platform, as well as YouTube, if you would like to check it out in the video platform and see our beautiful smiling faces as we talk everything Arizona State. Smiling depends on the day. Those aren't free. Smiles aren't free. Smiles are like, you know, it's I'm going to intentionally frown the rest of the podcast. There you go. It's freemium. So it's free, but... If you want to see it consistently, we're gonna we're gonna have to see a little bit of dough coming our way. So, speaking of frowning, we do have to talk about Ray Anderson, the spotlight and shining star of the athletic program for the Sun Devils. Yeah. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into that. Earlier on Wednesday, Ray Anderson, the athletic director of Arizona State, stopped by local radio on ninety-eight seven FM to talk to the Bickley and Murata show about everything that he feels about the Arizona State Sun Devils football program heading into 2022. And the big highlight of the interview, Connor, was he said he feels, quote-unquote, very positive about everything so far. Well, would you go on a local radio show and say, man, this school sucks. Who Who's running this program? They should be fired. No, he's not going to go on there and say that. This is not about Arizona fun. State. Yes, yes, the athletic director over at Arizona should be fired because their basketball and uh, baseball program are really good, so that would help us out. Not uh, football but program. no, it, it like at the end of the day, like <laughs> he, he's they're asking him about how he feels like he's doing at his job, right? Hiring Herm Edwards, uh, everyone else they brought on staff, their their place as far as uh, football goes in the Pac-12. Uh, reading throughout this entire interview, or if you caught it on ninety-eight seven, it just he, he's giving his answers like he's supposed to, right? Everything seems to be status quo, but 
that's not what you and I have been talking about, dude. We, we've been talking about how like everyone's running around with their heads cut off, and we're like, we'll figure it out. This is fine. It, like it, it'll work itself out. No, no, it probably won't. Like I, I don't want to seem like such a, a Debbie Downer about it, but at the end of the day, I'm not sure how you can truly look at the season and feel very positive about it. Now, Ray Anderson knows so much more about the Sun Devils program, even though we talk about it literally almost every day. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, right? He knows the actual players in the program. He knows the coaches in place much better than we do. That being said, it really feels like this program is almost geared for a step back. Now, how far they go, I don't know. I don't know. They could be the bottom dollars of the Pac-12. They could go from like second to third to fourth. We, we seriously, we don't know. That being said, very positive. Just feels like, uh, yeah, here's an answer. I'm coming on to do an interview. Here, here's what I have to say about it. But I, I don't really think in your your heart of hearts or even as Sun Devil fans can actually feel that way about it. 100% man. So he, at the end of the day, he's paid to be running this program. So if you were to have any negative thoughts heading into the year, that would be a huge red flag. So he's supposed to say stuff like this. He's paid to say stuff like this, but right. we also, we also should give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here with having some positive outlook heading into the year, because they do have some pieces that now let's let's be honest, Connor. There's there's not a lot of reason to be positive headed into this year. I I was I was not being serious. So I love my Sun Devils. I'll bleed maroon and gold till the day I die. But this is not on paper a very good looking year for the Sun Devils. And you know, power to Ray Anderson for being able to say what he says behind that big old facade that he's got going on. But I for one am not very positive the way that he is about heading into this year because you don't have a quarterback sure. right now and you're replacing what feels like half that roster. I mean, there there's going to be a lot of change. You're losing a lot of your coaching staff too, including both your coordinators. There's, there's a whole lot that's going on right now, Connor. So while we looked at earlier this week, the schedule isn't anything too daunting outside of a game in Stillwater and then, you know, like a USC and a UCLA and a Utah. Utah. Yeah. There the the schedule's really not anything to where you're like just crapping your pants over. But nonetheless, it's not like this is a roster that I'm sitting there like, oh yeah, this is a 10 win team. No. So again, good for Ray Anderson to say he's very positive. I don't think very Something many other people are. Something that I will say, and this is towards maybe the end of the interview, when they hired Herm Edwards, and I've said this in the podcast before, he was quoted saying, we are changing the formula and what we're doing. On Wednesday's interview with Bickley Murata, he talked about several times about this program has never consistently been one of the top teams in the nation, consistently top 25. Uh, in, in his case, he quoted saying one of the top 15s in the nation is a specific goal that they are striving for. So for them to not hit that goal by years two, three, four of the Herm Edwards era, he kind of had a lot of pushback just basically saying that we didn't put ourselves at that timeline. It's not a realistic timeline in the sense that our program has never been there consistently. So why we should expect it to happen so soon when we've never, ever been there, uh, he says it essentially is not a realistic timeline, at least for them. So it's something they are aspiring to. Now, I hear that. I, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, he did also highlight the fact that 
The last two years of college football have been so different where he feels like the NIL rules um, essentially kind of, uh, and I'm using his words here, bring more of a, a pay for play kind of aspect to college football. Um, so, he, and he even admitted he doesn't feel like ASU can compete with maybe some of the, the bigger schools that can um, offer some of these college kids a little bit more money. That being said, even without the money, I don't think you were getting consistently some of the bigger recruits anyway. So I'm not sure how how much that's truly changing things for you. But he kind of opted with, a, well, if if we're going to differentiate ourselves as a school, we're going to prove to people that we have what it takes to put your essentially your son in the NFL. That was kind of a big get with Herms anyway, or Herm Edwards anyways, and it doesn't really feel like it's worked that well, at least as far as what they're publicly saying. So if, right. if they're kind of giving up in one sense of, hey, we can't really compete money-wise, we're just going to have to uh, do our best to bring uh, kids in if they want to make it to the NFL, I'm not sure how much weight that actually carries with people. Right, and I, I understand the whole sentiment of we've never been that team and sure. this, that, and the other. Like, I, I understand that because he's absolutely right. Arizona State has never yeah. been that team. We've said on this podcast before, Arizona State is not Alabama. And they, they are, are not that good at Alabama. No. But at the same time, the, the whole goal of you taking over a program should be to get to that kind of pinnacle and that kind of pedigree of a sports program. And I understand that four years isn't necessarily a long time, but Arizona State has been relevant the last 10 years. They had back-to-back 10-win seasons. They won the Pac-12 South a decade, not even a decade ago. So it, it's not like you're rebuilding a team that hasn't been competitive in 10, 20, 30 years. ASU has been competitive. So I, I am going to hold him to a little bit of a standard here and tell you like, hey, top 25? Yeah, we should probably be there by now. So, but up to up to everyone's interpretation and up to everyone's opinion, I suppose. So with that being said, let's go ahead and close out this first segment. When we return, we got to talk to you guys a little bit about the football team. We got to talk to you about what the offense could possibly look like in 2022 with no Jaden Daniels. But before we get that far, we got to talk to you about our friends over at Run Your Pool. So guys, March Madness is a little under three weeks away. That means you need to start thinking about your bracket now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual or are you looking for the best? Uh, we have done our homework and we're running the best brackets with runyourpool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X. Both are really fun in their own way. And they have options to edit your scoring and they have uh, essentially they offer more intel to make your picks. All stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help take some of that March Madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain customers. Plus, they offer full white love customer support, uh, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe you're in your pool uh, because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves, and there is no truer test to that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com backslash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness uh, at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com backslash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. 
look forward to seeing you there and beating you there. And again, we thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every single day. Remember that this podcast is free and available on all platforms. Connor, let's go ahead and continue to talk Arizona State football. This time around, getting back to the offense. I don't know if you've heard or not, but Arizona State quarterback Jaden Daniels has entered the transfer. What? Yeah. I, oh, I yeah, I forgot know, about that. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast yet. So, let, you know what? We'll just we'll – just, I, I don't feel like getting too much into it. I, I know we probably haven't talked about it, but it's okay. We we can we can rely on our listeners. We should at least talk about it for this part of the podcast. Ugh, Maybe I, I I guess I guess I guess. Could Jane be a good Daniels idea. Is leaving Connor, Jane Daniels brought a lot of different elements to this offense that we haven't really seen from too many ASU quarterbacks in the past. Because not only was Jaden a good thrower of the football, not an elite, but a good thrower of the football with a good arm. He was a dynamic athlete. This was something that we've we've seen flashes of from a Manny Wilkins or a Taylor Kelly, but sure, especially more recently, right? Just yes. recent, yes. But we haven't truly seen anything like Jaden Daniels in the in the era of football that we've watched for Arizona State. So he's gone. And you're gonna have to figure out what to do with him, what what to do with this offense now that he's gone. The biggest question is how does that offense look without a Jaden Daniels? A couple things are changing. Quarterback, regardless, right? Every position on the offense. Receivers still look about the same. You are losing Curtis Hodges. Who you're gonna try to replace with Messiah Swinson, uh, but otherwise, your receiving core kind of as a whole is still pretty similar. Hoping maybe some of the younger guys can step up and carve out a bigger role. Running back, another huge difference, similar to the quarterback position, losing both Rashad White and Chip Traynham, uh, bringing in other guys like Xavier Valade and Tevin White, who is an incoming freshman. Uh, so those positions look a little bit different. You and I were talking off the podcast earlier uh, on Wednesday about this. Offensive line is going to be very different, too. When you lose a guy like Donovan West and Kellen Deesh, it's going to be very hard, in my opinion, to replicate uh, their quote-unquote production on the field as far as offensive linemen go, or at least replicate their play. So not only is the quarterback position changing, but so is most of the offense around him, right? Uh, on top of that, you have a new offensive coordinator in Glenn Thomas. So it's no longer Zach Hill. Uh, the, the biggest thing you highlighted about Jaden Daniels, he's the best rusher at, at the quarterback position you've ever seen. Uh, yes. More so quarterbacks as of late, like a Taylor Kelly, um, as you had highlighted, uh, kind of had that scrambling ability, uh, but not quite as well as Jaden Daniels. That leaves kind of a, a big hole. Not necessarily that the offense is going to take a step back. It, it's just, it's an element to the offense that you don't have anymore, right? So when you're running a lot of RPOs with Jaden Daniels, sometimes if your receivers can't get open because either A, the receivers aren't necessarily the, the best type of athlete on the field, right? Uh, or maybe the defense is just so good. Regardless, the throw isn't there. That left an opportunity for Jaden to be able to pick up that first down and more sometimes with his legs. Uh, so we saw that time and time throughout his his tenure year at ASU. It's basically gone, right? Paul Tyson is not a runner at all. Uh, Trenton Borgay, even if he is a bit of a runner, it's nowhere near what you had with Jaden Daniels. Nothing even kind of close. So that dynamic is essentially totally gone from your offense. I still think you're going to be a very run-heavy team. Even if Jaden Daniels was here, right? Whether it's him running the ball or your running backs, I don't think that's going to change very much. My question is, how much better can the passing game get? And that's going to be on the new quarterback and Glenn Thomas to figure out. 
Yeah, so the biggest thing there is you definitely need to remain a run-heavy team, albeit you're no longer going to be that read option, triple option, and RPO kind of team. You can still run your RPOs, especially in a college football program like Arizona State that I don't want to call gimmicky, but it's it's definitely a a more like um um like current oh I can't think of the word I'm trying to come up with, but a modern. It, it's a more modern sure. offense compared to a more traditional set where you're just kind of under center and running the football. And I'm not saying that's what you need to get to, but you do need to get to something that's a little more simplistic and has the ability to just run the football with three talented running backs that hopefully can ease the tension off of the passing game. But you are going to need to figure out something through the air as well. And I think you're going to need to look to your spread offense once again, just getting all your receivers out there using using a tight end like Messiah Swenson every once in a while. But you mainly want to get guys like Ricky Pearsall and Andre Johnson and anyone else in that offense. Tell me Bunkley Shelton. Shelton. Mm-hmm. You want to get those guys involved underneath and allow them to create with the ball in their hands. And thankfully, all three of those guys do have some ability to be a somewhat deep threat. So at least that aspect of the offense will still be available to you. It's it just you're going to have to realize that this offense has a cap on it and there is not going to be a lot of super explosive highlight reel sports center top 10 plays coming from this offense this year. It's going to have to be an offense that does enough. I don't know if I see this offense doing better than 24 points a game and that feels like a very very good offense for Arizona State for this, this team. Sure. Yes, for this team exactly. So the the expectations need to be set low and we we really need to bet on the defense finding a way to step up and keep the opponent low scoring so that ASU can stick to its strength, which is running the football because the moment you have to get away from that, that's where I'm not overly confident in what you're going to want to do as an offense. It's just, it's not their bread and butter and it's not anything that we've truly seen from Arizona state in a long, long time is a high flying passing attack. We've had weapons. We've had the Brandon. I the Nikhil Harry's and the Jalen strongs of the last 10, 15 years, the Garrell Robinson's and the Rashad Ross's the Derek Hagan's of the two thousands. But this isn't, First of all, there's there's no receiver like that. I love Ricky Pearsall, but sure, he, not he next. Not, no, he does not hold a candle to any of the receivers I just named. And you also don't have a quarterback right now, A, with experience, B, with that ability to even be a, Mark Ber- a Mike Bercovici, a Taylor Kelly, a Manny Wilkins, or a not a Rudy Carpenter. There was a couple other quarterbacks in that era, though. You just – the ceiling is so low for these guys that it's it's going to have to be one of those things, Connor, where you set the expectations low and let these guys blow you away. So the, expect disappointment. You'll never be disappointed. To quote Michael Jordan, the roof is the ceiling here. Now, my biggest concern is, uh, is it's not even so much the, the players that we're losing or even the production a little bit on the field, but a very easy argument can be made that you're losing the two biggest pieces to your identity this last season, right? Number one being Rashad White. He right. was the offense this last year. 
But number two, regardless of how uh, a little bit up and down Jaden Daniels was this year, definitely the second most important piece to this offense. Uh, and it, also the two guys that led your team in rushing, both of them are just gone. What do you have to replace that with? Right? It doesn't mean the quarterback play can't get better. We just know that they're not going to rush nearly as much. doesn't mean we are absolutely doomed at quarterback. We just don't have a firm answer in front of us. But now we're also a – our offensive identity is through the run game, right? That has to force other people to step up because it's not going to come in the passing game. It's just not, right? Unless an Andre Johnson um, can step up to be a more of a, a consistent threat on the outside, it's just not going to come through the air. And so if you're giving a guy who is a little bit more one-dimensional and has to throw the ball – if he doesn't have guys to throw to, you better be able to run the freaking football, man. Like, I'm already a little worried about the Not a little. I'm very worried about this offense going forward. If you become one-dimensional as a whole, quarterback can't throw to the guys on the outside because you don't have guys on the outside, and they can predict you running the ball. Even if we did have a Rashad White back, you're losing pieces on the offensive line. You're losing talent at the position. Are we going to be able to run the ball? I think that's a very fair question to ask until we actually see it on the field. Yeah, I mean, right now, opposing defenses are just going to have to go in with that mindset of if we take away this run game, what is ASU going to be able to force us to pass? Force us. Exactly. Take away the only strength that you have and watch the whole thing crumble. Let's go ahead and wrap up this conversation and head to our final break. When we return, we're going to be talking about Arizona State basketball and their upcoming game against the Colorado Buffs. But first, a quick word from our friends over at Bet Online. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both college and pro hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile website or mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Connor, let's talk some basketball. So Arizona State is headed to Boulder to take on the Colorado Buffs. We have talked about previously, it is... It is put up or shut up time for the Arizona State Sun Devils. They they need to essentially win out at this point if they want that chance to get anywhere close to the tournament. So at least make their case, right? Yes. Because exactly. even winning out doesn't necessarily guarantee you anything at all. You're just trying to put it out there saying, hey, we might be able to win some games here and at least let us into the tournament. Maybe something good happens. Again, you're you're very much on the outside looking in. I would at least say. Your hopes are not fully dead yet, even after that loss to UCLA. So uh, against Colorado, a team that is fifth in the overall standings for the Pac-12, uh, just behind Oregon, who you have swept twice. But they are 10-7 and seven within the conference, 18-9 overall. Uh, they've won five in a row, a very quality basketball team. Uh, currently, they open up as five-and-a-half-point favorites. Even with as well as ASU has played, that's very tempting, in my opinion, to be able to take Colorado uh, who I'm just going to throw this out there. I, I do think Colorado does come away with this win. I, I think ASU will be hungry as a whole, and they do want to win. That being said, I just feel like at this point in the season, like if any of the players at all start to believe that maybe we just don't have a shot, um, they need everybody involved, right? So uh, I, I'm not questioning maybe how much of the locker room is focused. I just, 
unless I can start to see them uh, string together some of the wins here at the end of the year, I'm at least going to be a little worried about it. So uh, five and a half for Colorado, I think as of right now, I will be taking them to cover. Games also opening up at 131 and a half uh, on the season. So as far as the overall scoring offenses for these teams, uh, in terms of overall scoring, Colorado is also fifth at 70.3 points per game. Uh, Arizona State is second to last, just barely in front of Cal at 64 uh, and a half. So uh, overall, their scoring is a little bit uh, essentially hitting that over. I think I'm going to take the over on this as well. So right now I'm taking um, I'm taking Colorado to cover and taking the over at 131 uh, and a half. Richie, what say you? I think I'm going to do the same thing. So I, I like Colorado's chances, especially at home, to cover that five and a half point spread against Arizona State. And as per usual, Arizona State never has, and I don't know if they ever will be a team that plays very good against the spread. They do surprise us every once in a while. I don't think this is going to be one of those games. Uh, it's just it, it's a tough situation going on the road against a team that definitely wants to find a way to prove itself the way that Colorado is hoping to do so. And they just want to squash any momentum that the Sun Devils have. They did lose that game against UCLA. So they are winners of three of their last five games, but they're, lo they're no longer on that three-game win streak. And Colorado's hoping to start a new losing streak for Arizona State. And we'll see if ASU can rebound. No pun intended there. I was like, are you, are you serious? Like, we're talking about <laughs> basketball. Exactly. We'll just see if they rebound the general conversation. Yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm better than you. So I, <laughs> I, I don't know how else to say it. It's science, but <laughs> we'll see, man. And then as far as the over goes, I, I just, I, I feel like it's starting to become a safe bet for Arizona State basketball games to hit the over because it feels like either one, one team's going to score a lot or it's going to be a high-scoring game between the two of them. It doesn't feel like it's ever going to be like a close, low-scoring game at this point. It feels like one team's going to win by 10 or 15 or both teams are going to put points up in the 70s or the 80s. And I feel like this is just going to be another one of those games where the it, it's just I, – I feel confident that this is going to be a high-scoring game, not so much a one-sided game. I could see this ending in the 70s for both teams. Right, and I don't necessarily see Colorado as this offensive juggernaut, but I don't think they're going to struggle to score either. Right, they've got a, a couple uh, solid players, Jabari Jabari Walker being their number one, uh, scoring fourteen and a half points. One of their forwards, uh, they have Evan Beatty putting up eleven point six, and then Keisha uh, Bartholomew uh, putting up over eleven. So, um, so really solid players for them. Uh, this team also, Richie, is the best three point team uh, as far as uh, shooting percentage goes in the Pac twelve, shooting I think just over thirty six percent. Um, so this team is very dangerous overall from deep, but the over-under, in my opinion, that always comes down to ASU, right? Part of it being is they play decently well on defense, right? They seem to give uh, even some of the better teams at times in the Pac-12 uh, some scoring fits here and there. So if they can do that to a Colorado while they're struggling to score, the over looks like it's going to be very hard to hit. That being said, if ASU... Not like this last game that they played where they put up 50, 55 points, whatever it was. If that's the ASU team that comes out, the over is not going to hit, right? Unless they just get right. absolutely blown out. Uh, but if they are the team kind of putting up like maybe mid-60s, uh, I really do think that uh, that they'll be able to hit that over. But uh, we'll, we'll see, right? Colorado's also fighting for something here, right? Yep. They're still on the outside a little bit looking in because I really doubt at this moment that 
five Pac-12 teams are going to make the tournament. Uh, again, I feel very safe about your two California schools and Arizona. Uh, but that being said, Oregon and uh, Colorado are two teams really trying to fight to get in. Meanwhile, we're sitting here talking about ASU trying to, to find their way in, right? So with Colorado playing as well as they have, winning five in a row, uh, I don't think it should be too, too difficult for them to take care of business against ASU. Again, it, it's just what can Bobby Hurley do to galvanize his team? Uh, what can some of the graduating players or uh, some players who have, have run out of eligibility, what can they do as they end towards the, or they're heading towards the end of the season? How can they get the locker room to all work together to come towards victory, right? It has to happen one game at a time. Um, Colorado is probably the, the toughest game that you have left remaining as far as the last four games go. If they can win this one, I think that's going to be the shot in the arm they need to be able to, to play these last four games out hot. I would agree with you. So, We'll we'll take a look and see, Connor. I I don't hate our chances in this game, but I'd be lying to you if I told you that I was overly confident in an Arizona State win. I definitely nervous. I I am nervous, and I think that I'll have to be a Debbie Downer and take the home team in this one. I'm not confident about it though. I do think that ASU can come out and pull out a win here. Like I said, I don't see this being a low scoring and close game. I think this is either going to be one side's winning by ten to fifteen points or both teams are going to be in that 70s range for points scored, and it finds a way to be close in there. I don't think this is a low-scoring game. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game one way or the other. I do think I'm going to lean towards Colorado, but I 100% believe that ASU has a chance in this game. And quite frankly, they, they need to win. We talked about it, Connor. They need to win out. This is where it starts. Go to Boulder. Prove that you're that team, man. You are that team, pal. Trust me. You are that team. Well, there you go. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and talk about that game in a little bit more depth later this week. Uh, in, in our Friday podcast, we'll talk about that and recap it in a little bit more detail for you guys. There you go. So until then, that's going to go ahead and end this podcast. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every single day. Remember that the Locked on Sun Devils podcast is free and available on all platforms, which includes, but is not limited to Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, the Odyssey app, pretty much wherever you get your podcast on an audio platform, as well as video format. If you want to go to YouTube and watch our beautiful faces, talk live, see our backdrops. For me, it's all this ASU stuff. For Connor, it's just a wall. But And and sometimes you can hear our dogs barking or some squeaky toys going or us giving a dirty look at our animals because we're trying to record. That's always fun. So go ahead, like, subscribe, comment, five-star ratio, whatever you want to do. For this podcast, we would appreciate it. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter as well. Myself at RichieBrads36, Connor at Cedrios, and the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. Again, thanks so much for making us your first listen every day. Go ahead and make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It is free and available on all platforms. And until next time, you keep it locked right here. Unlocked on some levels.